Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of A Practical Spirit. Um, I just thought today I would do a quick um, cast to answer a huge question that was <laughs> sent in to me by one of my dearest friends who's been listening to the podcast. Um, and basically what they're asking is... Um, if I could explore the differences between the soul and the spirit, which um, apparently on one of my earlier episodes, I talked to talked about them being one and the same. And um, my friend has found other areas where they talk about them being different. And to be honest, I hadn't really thought about it. Um, so I did um I did a bit of thinking and I thought well why don't I go and have a look at what the internet says about things like the spirit and the soul Um and what I found was is that the spirit is I mean they are very similar in their definitions um they talk about the spirit being the seat of emotions and character and then it says the soul. <laughs> and then with the soul, um, it's the mental abilities of a living being, reason, character, feeling, consciousness, memory, perception, and thinking. So I thought, okay, well, they kind of sound like the same thing, really, don't they? Um, and then I noticed that um, the word spirit derives from the Latin spiritus, meaning breath. And the soul derives from psyche, meaning to breathe. So it would, it kind of sounds like to me that the way that um, older cultures, or at least Greek culture, perceived the spirit um, it is is that it is um, the vehicle of the soul, if that makes sense. So you know, you've got the breath and the breathing of the breath, uh, which is quite interesting. I thought, and the image that came to me was really that um, the spirit is the flame, and the soul is the vessel that holds it. Mm -hmm. um, and really, outside of that, I don't really have much much else to say. I think um, I'm not. I'm. I'm by no means an expert on this, um, and it is really interesting to continue to find ways of interrogating these parts of us which have no real physical. Um, you know, I can't point to it, I can't touch it, uh, non-corporeal parts, um, to try and understand them through our experience of them a little better. Um, and yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, for my own sort of understanding of it, in, in terms of, like, how... I've sat and thought about it for a long time about spirit and soul. Um, 
I think of spirit as being the energy of the body. Um, and when I talk about the body, I'm talking about different layers of density that ex we exist in. So, um, initially I came across this idea in a Taoist context, which is um, the energy bodies, again from Bruce Francis. Um, <clears throat> and those bodies start with the physical body, move into the energy of the body, so the chi body, and then outwards into emotions, mental, karmic, um, and, and so they, they expand outwards. They also expand inwards. And at first, I mean, I, I guess I was really just because I had no experience of it. Um, I had a mental picture of what that looked like. <laughs> Funnily enough. Um, and uh, I didn't really understand what I was trying to engage with, um, unsurprisingly, um, which is how most, I think, how most spiritual interrogations work, really. You come across an idea, I come across an idea, I go, oh, what does that mean? Um, and then I try to understand it in my everyday life. That's um, basically my spiritual practice, you know. Someone says, oh, you got to love yourself better. I'm like, wow, what does that mean? How do I do that? What does that look like? Um, and so, yeah, I wrestled with this idea for a long time, over a decade. Um, and it was not until <laughs> quite recently <laughs> I reconnected with a friend of mine who is um, – who is also a teacher and um, was doing some workshops. Uh, and he started to talk to me about the different levels of energy and how you can feel them. There's an exercise that you do. we do. It's, um, well, loads of different people do them in different um, for different reasons. But, you know, you rub your hands together. And then you separate your hands and you try and feel the space in between. And there's a quality of connection in that space, which connects your hands together. And that's, that's the first, uh, often the first way you're invited to feel the energy of your body. If you go to any of these kind of workshops, um, and I spent a long time wasting, <laughs> questioning whether or not I felt anything, which is kind of ridiculous. And now I look back on that. But um, I spent many, many years going, oh, I think I feel something. But do I really feel something or is it just me imagining? Um, and, it, and it wasn't until I started to engage with the idea of faith that I started to really accept that I was feeling what I was feeling. I think for some people that comes very naturally, but it doesn't, didn't come naturally to me. Um, and I think because I also struggled with the idea of faith. Um, and it wasn't until I, uh, 
came across a, a Buddhist teacher who described faith as um, along it was along the lines of you do something you you practice something with the knowledge that it will bear fruit or with except with with the the trust that it will bear fruit um, so you trust that if you do something like if you meditate that it will bear some form of fruit for you and over time as you practice more you continue to gather evidence of the bearing of the fruit um, by you know growing in terms of uh, I don't know calmness or resilience or whatever it is you're going for in your meditation um, you know you don't necessarily see meditation as having a direct effect on a particular thing but that the knowledge that over time as you've practiced it you have benefited from this practice and so that's that's how he kind of described faith and i was like oh okay so it isn't about blindly believing that something will happen because there is some sort of external magical force outside of you um it's actually about engaging with something that you yourself do because you have experience of it uh, doing some good or having some effect. So once I got that, I started to revisit some of the stuff that I'd done early on with this um, meditation in Qigong, um, trusting that it would bear some fruit for me whereas before I'd kind of gotten in the way of that by questioning whether or not I was actually experiencing what I was experiencing which is a terrible loop to get yourself stuck into I can tell you that um, so yeah within our bodies exists within my body, I'm assuming you're the same because you're a human being, um, there are different levels of density of experience within us. Um, and at our densest, we're physical. And as we move into things like emotions and feelings and thoughts, the densities change. And we can access those densities directly. Um, you know, there's an energy to emotions, there's an energy to thoughts, there's an energy to our bodies, our movement. Um, and that energy is the spirit, as far as I think of it. And the soul, I think of as something further beyond, you know, something beyond that, um, which is directing the spirit or moving the spirit, if you like. Um, and that's kind of a way out there thing to 
be talking about, I think. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you asked. <laughs> so here it is. Um, and so I guess I think, in a way, the spirit isn't immortal, but the soul, the soul potentially is. Maybe that's what it is. Um, you know, the spirit is something that you have with you in this particular form, um, whereas the soul will continue to be a version of itself on not untouched, but un, um, but still, but still something of itself um, after we lose this physical form. And that's not to say that we would have consciousness after death, because I'm not sure that we do. Um, I really have no clue. Um, I don't know that I believe in reincarnation. I'm pretty skeptical about the idea of heaven and hell. Um, but I do know that, um, at least in terms of physics, energy can't be created or destroyed. It just changes form. So there, within that is, to me, um, a clue as to what happens to the energy of ourselves, that it will not be destroyed. And obviously it's going to change form because our bodies will be dead, so it's going to go somewhere. I don't know where it's going, but it's going somewhere. Um, whether that holds our consciousness or not, our memories, um, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's some fascinating uh, research at the moment that's talking about uh, intergenerational memory, which is the memory of our ancestors being passed through our line, which, I mean, kind of, kind of suggests that it's possible, um, but not in a way that we understand it. Um, and then if it is passed through our generations, um, that means that, and, and obviously we are, but, you know, that means that we are more connected to our past and, our, and those who lived before us than we have really ever imagined before. Um, if they have left their memories within the very fibers of our physical existence, um, you know, that we have had the power to do that, to pass that through our children. What an amazing thing <laughs> for a start. And, you know, it's sort of, for me, it kind of, um, I mean, I have a, a, a very sketchy relationship with time anyway, but it completely throws out the the idea that time is linear. Um, because if this is possible, then my past and my present are all in my body which is always in the present. 
So there is no past. There's, there's, I embody what has already happened up, you know, all the way back to the very first ancestor in my line, whoever that may be. And that time lives inside of me without me even really being able to, you know, not, I guess the possibility is that I can access it, you know, that I actually can reach back into generations of my existence and experience something that happened to my ancestors, which is, uh, again, very out there. Um, but not outside of the realms of possibility, according to, you know, what we're learning. And I guess, you know, again, I come, I just come back to the, the this idea that, you know, life is, spiritual practice is the exploration of our existence in life, our experience of life, and understanding just how deeply connected we all are to each other. Um, you know, the illusion of our separation uh, is always present around us. Um, but actually what we what i've discovered more and more as i've as i've explored the spiritual side of the universe that i live in of my own universe is that i'm not separate and that's quite scary you know that i um that I'm not, um, contained within myself, but that I, um, am within everything around me and everything around me is within me. I mean, it's comforting as well. Um, but it's also quite, you know, uh, not scary, but um, strange, definitely. And even as I say it, I don't feel any kind of um, resistance to that idea. Uh, you know. So, yeah, um, that's... That's basically my ramble about soul and spirit in as much as I can, <laughs> in as much as I can at the moment. Um, I'm going to leave it there because I'm not really sure where I'm going with it. Um, but as an experiment, I'm going to let leave this out here for you to hear um, and see what you think. Uh, I'm... 
by no means a teacher or any kind of expert in these things, so please don't take what I say as absolute or even remote truth. It's just a bit of a rambling thought that I followed from a question that I was asked. Um, <clears throat> uh, hopefully you find something useful in there. And um, yeah, if you have any questions or you want to comment about it or you want to make your own podcast response or something, then you know, please do that. I'd really be interested to hear what you think. And um, yeah, I'll look, uh, look forward to hearing from you next time.